All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks. We're going to be doing our weekly box office report. Uh, yeah, let's just get into it. Rich, tell us which movies uh, made the top five this past weekend. Number one film in America is once again Avatar: The Way of Water with twenty point one million. Number two is Puss in Boots: The Last Wish with eleven point eight million. Number three is Megan with nine point seven million. Number four is a new film Missing with nine point one million. Number five is Tom Hanks' is A Man Called Otto with 8.8 million. Yeah, I guess we got to talk about Avatar The Way of the Water because this week or this weekend, this past weekend, they crossed over the $2 billion mark, which is a, a remarkable achievement. And it also seems like it's on its way to kind of break into the other kind of top slots of the highest grossest films of, of all time. Most likely by the end of this week or next week, it's going to take over Avengers Infinity War and Star Wars The Force Awakens and maybe gets really close to Titanic. What's your what's your guys feelings about this? I think it's as expected. It's on track with how it's been performing for the past couple of weeks. So uh, for me, no real surprise. It's just um, you can kind of see this coming from a couple of weeks away. Yeah, so far it's just off the top five. So um, it's it's definitely going to end up in the, the top three. Now, now I, it's just a wonder if, uh, if it's going to surpass Avengers Endgame and um be on par with uh, avatars i mean the original i mean it's i don't i don't think it's gonna pass the end game um i I, yeah i just don't think it has the legs because it's i mean the the box office for it is already dropping so much i mean this past weekend it did like what what was it again 20 million something like that but i do think it will um probably get around to titanic um i'm still actually i'm still not convinced that it's gonna pass titanic but it's gonna get close it's going to get very close. Well, you also got to remember that Titanic is going to be re-released this year. And so that's going to add oh, yeah. to their t- uh, tally. And most likely, e- even if, like, say, Avatar The Way of the Water beats it, um, there's a good chance that uh, Titanic will reclaim its spot <laughs> after it's get, it gets re-released. Uh, but still, I mean, it's amazing that James Cameron is really the only kind of last director who kind of could, could do this type of blockbuster films. He's the only filmmaker. Right. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I remember what they were saying last year about Tom Cruise, that he might be our last kind of movie star. And from looking at these numbers, James Cameron could be our kind of last, you know, blockbuster filmmaker. Um, imagine what would happen if uh, Tom Cruise and James Cameron make a movie together. <laughs> Another Top Gun movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they have uh, Cameron direct the next Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it'll be underwater, though. <laughs> <laughs> With submarines. Yeah. It's it's really amazing. And, and um, you know, especially now that i think you know have this kind of negative connotation when it comes to big personalities uh, uh, big per, you know directors with big personalities some of those directors have oh, fallen from the wayside or, or maybe just fallen out of fashion uh that kind of rock star director that we used to know michael bay michael bay or you know all the other guys uh you know, even even like some Brett of the, Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> but even someone like the up and coming guys, like uh, Damien Chazelle, he got a lot of uh, uh, flack for his for his latest film, and it and it, and it well, also bombed. I, mean, I well, I I don't think it's fair to write him off right. just because of one movie, but um, and also it's it's a very divisive movie. I mean, some people really love it. Yeah, there's a lot of yet. people who really love uh, Babylon, but. Uh, I, I'm just saying that as a kind of a, 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 like someone with a big personality or someone who's, you know, a film that's very singular to a director's vision, that's not looked as a positive as it, as it once I, was. I, 
I agree with you, but at the same time, I think it's becoming much harder for filmmakers these days mm -hmm. to really like have a voice or become known. So like, while you bring up Damien Chazelle, I don't think people enough people really even know who he was. I think people oh. know La La Land, okay. and I and I don't and I'm you know I think that's kind of where where it ends. Also, I think the Daniels though, I think they're they're becoming a name. I think they're some of the some of the new filmmakers that are kind of making a name for themselves. And also someone like Ryan Coogler, who was well on his way on on his on his own, until Marvel picked him up to do Black Panther, mm -hmm. and uh, and now he's he's pretty much stuck with Marvel. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, I know, man, that's so disappointing. Uh, so, I mean. I would like to see what he'll he'll eventually do, but it's going to be a couple of years from now. I mean, yeah, yeah I, and, and you know what? And you know what? From from a financial perspective, I mean, uh, yeah, you uh, can't blame the guy. Yeah, you can't you can't blame him at all. I would have done the same thing, but I mean, from from us, it's like, man, he was like one of the you know brightest filmmakers out there, right. and you just took him away from us. I'm still I'm still waiting on the on the uh, on the follow up from uh, Pig director. Uh, I, I, I'm, oh, I yeah. really hope uh, that guy. I forget his name, but I really hope that guy has has talent in in him because it certainly showed in Pig. Well, he well he, he wants Marvel to call him. He, <laughs> he is, he's he is. attached to the new uh, Quiet Place uh, spinoff right. uh, film. Right. Um, but yeah, and that, well, that's what I'm saying. I think there's, I you know, when I was growing up, you know, when when I was forming my kind of cinematic knowledge or you know obsession, that was during the '90s, and it was the director or the you know the filmmaker kind of was the key to that. Quinn Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, you know, Kevin Smith, you know, all these kind of Steven Soderbergh, you know, all these kind of people, all these filmmakers were kind of the face of the, of the film movement mm -hmm. at the time. Now it's kind of like in the seventies. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It was kind of like the second wave of the seventies. But the, like I said, I mean, it's, 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 it's the, it's the studios that, are, that go after these young talents. I mean, remember Colin Trevorrow? I mean, when he, when he, <laughs> right, right. and now, and now I don't want to see his next film at all. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, you didn't like Book of Henry? <laughs> no, um, I think, I think nowadays, yeah, nowadays it seems like there's a much more uh, fan supported, supporting the IP rather than the vi director vision right they, right they, right or they want to see their favorite kind of ip and they don't really care about personal creative takes on it they want to just see a, a literal recreation of that in in film form or tv form mm -hmm. you know i, I think of uh recently the the last of us and how people are, are, are complaining that it's too, it kind of uh steps away too much from the video games and are they i haven't i haven't watched started watching the show yet but i've heard nothing but praise yeah i've I mean, heard a lot of praise but I, there is a growing kind of sentiment like like of, from video game fans i guess i i i'm not i'm see i'm not a big fan of, i'm not I, I never played the video game so i'm not big I, it's one of it's one of the best video games of all time but it's also one of the it's, it's also one of those video games that it's like I don't even see the purpose in making it a TV show or a movie because mm. the game was already so cinematic. Like you can almost watch the cutscenes and it's already a movie right there. Right. But I, I'm not. I'm going to watch the show eventually. I mean, I'm just. I just don't. I don't even see how it could be so special. Well, yeah, <laughs> no, it is. I, it's good. It's, it's, good. it's, it's yeah. So I, I we we watched the first two episodes and we really really liked it. Me and Rich. Did. No, but I'm I'm saying I don't see how it can be so special. Right. Like if you already kind of like saw like another version of it. 
it's almost like seeing a remake or something like that. Like I kind of get it in a way. People want to see it done right, but at the same time, like the the, the counter argument to it is like if they if you if you the what the thing fans want is almost like a a recreation, and it's right. like what's the point of that? Right, right, right. <laughs> well, well, we're swaying away from the the, the original topic. Yeah, this is box office. office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go back to the um, uh, Avatar. I guess we were talking about um, Avatar. I I feel like it's. It's got a ways to go. I mean, uh, of course, to reach the the top three spots, but um, I mean, sure, it'll most likely be knocked out, and not this weekend, but the next weekend with Knock at the Cabin and maybe even eighty for Brady. I don't know about that, but, <laughs> but um, I think both of those are going to do really well. But it's definitely going to be in the top five forever, even when Ant Man comes out. So it's still got a ways to go. So uh, yes. I wouldn't be surprised if if if, if it lands. Past yes, the, the third. I, I, I agree. And it's going to be making money every day. It's not just yes. the weekends. But yeah. the thing is, like, it made, you know, let's say an average of 10 million or, or not even 10 million, 10 million, like an average of like six, seven million uh, each day of, of the weekend. And that's going to be less during the weekdays. And it's going to be smaller and smaller each week. So I just don't see it, you know, getting, you know, making another 600 million at the box office, you know, because that's kind of what it needs to to pass uh, Infinity no. War, was it, or Endgame? Um, Endgame. 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 Well, let, let me ask you this. You know, Avatar right now is, is close to 600 million domestically. Right. And, 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 and worldwide, it has beaten Top Gun Maverick as the, you know, the biggest film of 2022. But is it, it's still, Massive. it's still a, a couple ways shorter than top guns domestic gross so top gun maverick made 718 is it going to get close to that that's a good question no if you look um, back no uh, top gun it was uh um was a huge in the domestic of course but if you look back into the original avatar you could see that uh on uh foreign wise it made 73 percent and if you look away way of water it's at 70 percent right so it's it's doing much better internationally just like um the first one you know, just like all of uh, james cameron's the uh, top three films mm. uh avatar titanic mm. and the way of water so well bit, he knows what bit, he's doing he he, but, he appeals to the internationally more than marvel and every everything else i mean other than uh fast fast and furious i mean uh but wait but uh but another thing another factor to consider is that it's not going to be in the premium screens for that much longer. And, you know, no, I think for the most no. part, people want to see this in 3D. That's, people want to see this mm, in IMAX. That's a good point. It's not going to have those screens. And um, I, I don't know. Do people want to see Avatar in, like, like just regular? That's a good point because uh, there was a report about how much the 3D is dominating the its gro grosses. For instance, uh, domestically, 58% of the grosses of how much it made uh, domestically was f for 3D. So, sure. and also internationally was 54%. I'm surprised it's, I'm surprised it's only half. Well, in China, uh, uh, 99%. So if you're in China and you saw that. Avatar, you, you most likely saw it in a, in a 3D uh, screening. They probably don't even have 2D screenings there. Well, 3D is very popular and still in China. That's why so all, they prefer all the people like all the people missing one eye are screwed. <laughs> that, that's why I, I i think that it's not going to be until quantum mania shows up that it's going to lose a lot uh quantum mania is going to take not that the, 3d not, screens because not, not at the cabin is definitely not worthy of oh not not necessarily to be watching 3d at all mm -hmm. but it's going to have the theater though yes the premium theater but um 
I, you know, it's crazy that these theaters at this point, you know, aren't just all premium screens. Because like Ant Man and the Ant Man and the Wasp, like of course, you know, it's they have to give it all the premium screens because it's a it's a new movie, it's a Marvel movie, it's going to be big. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I've seen the trailer in 3D playing in movie theaters, and the 3D for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania sucks. I mean, Marvel just kind of milks these 3D movies. They don't even put any effort in the transfers at all. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Well, it's just a conversion, right? It's where I think Avatar yeah, was well, shot with 3D cameras. And I guess that makes a huge, huge difference. No, but I mean, I mean, just saying they're just milking people. Right, right, right. All right, let's let's talk about Missing. That's the new film that uh, came out at number four. Did pretty well. It did pretty much what I was expecting it to do. Came in at about like nine, ten million. Is an improvement over the first one, Searching uh, with John Show. So I mean, uh, a big success for this like very low budget movie and. Um, this is good news for Storm Reed. Yes. Yeah, overall, I think the whole weekend was a lot more um, than I expected because of the of football, um, uh, the playoffs. So um, uh, it didn't really fall as much as I, I thought it was going to be. But Missing, yeah, did pretty well. And also Puss in Boots. Uh, it only dropped to 18%. I that's mean, that's another- crazy. That's crazy yeah. how how well Puss in Boots is holding. Like at, I, I think there's a, there's a chance that uh, eventually it's – like it's gonna be like um like it's gonna stay at number two and avatar could drop down to number three i think oh i, I don't say that but um i i, I think I, so because it's just if it keeps dropping just like 15 20 percent each weekend and avatar drops uh 30 to 40 then eventually it'll happen what's amazing about this number about puss and boots uh longevity is that it's actually available on premium vod yeah so oh that's crazy and so so you for a couple weeks now really yeah so it really kind of proves that there's two streams of revenue here for movies you could put a movie in movie theaters and you also after a couple of weeks put in premium vod and they won't necessarily cancel each other out but let me also say that this um this puss in boots is the, the one of the main reasons it's still uh, doing well is that it's the only kids film that's out right now and yeah, and also, you know, to go back to Missing, you know, here's a movie that was done with only, I think only like $8 million, uh, in, in the budget. It already has made its money back. Uh, and I, let me ask you this, Raymond, because you're such a horror film expert. Do you think this type of, you know, capture screen horror, is that taking over the found footage genre right now? I mean, it kind of is a found footage movie in, in many ways, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of what I thought about uh, Searching. So, I mean, I, I would say it's just kind of an expansion of it. Hmm. And I don't know if it's taking it over because, I mean, some of those found footage movies were really successful, you know, back when that was a, a fad. Yeah, I, I'm surprised again that it's getting that much good reviews, even better than the first one, uh, Searching. So, oh, is it? I think so, yeah. I, I like I liked Searching. I remember seeing it, um, the first one with John Show back when it came out. But I, I saw it in theaters and I remember thinking like, I could never watch a movie like this in theaters again because it felt just so weird just watching a computer screen on like the big screen the whole time. And it, it, it was just a, a, a bizarre experience. I don't know how people can watch a movie like that in theaters. Yeah, I remember seeing uh, another film that was similar. Um, I don't remember what the title was, but it was with Elijah Wood. That's the first one that I remember seeing this kind of uh, technology. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but it's the same you know, uh, concept, basically. Mm-hmm. It, it it didn't fare off this well. Well, it took so it well, took, it took, time. It it took, took time. yeah, it took a time for for this whatever screen life or whatever they call it. 
uh, or you know, computer screen horror or whatever, to 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 take hold and and become a, its own genre now. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's done for very cheap, and it, it, there seems to be an audience for it. Um, okay, let's talk about the number three film, Megan. Uh, this dropped a little bit more than uh, expected, forty-seven percent. Um, but uh, it's a, still a success. I mean, it's it's already over 73, 73 million um, total gross and domestic wise. So it's I believe it's over um, yeah hundred hundred twenty five. It's already reached one hundred and twenty five worldwide. Huge success for um, Bloomhouse and Universal with that one. And the film is now on VOD. Yeah, we'll see how that does, um, how that hurts it for next weekend. I don't think it's going to hurt them that much. I think there's, like I was saying before, I think there's two kind of general audiences. One one group of moviegoers who like to go to the movie theaters on a habitual level, you know, every week. And they watch a movie, uh, whatever it is, on whatever is new. And some who kind of wait until you know to watch it on at home uh, and pay a premium price for it. So well, I, would, I would here, agree wait, with let you. me yeah. let me ask you though really quick though like how how many like because I th- this they, they didn't advertise this at all that this is going to be put on VOD. No, how, kind of surprise announcement today. Yeah, yeah. How well are these movies doing on VOD? Oh, I don't know. I mean. I, I, that's a good question because they don't really release those numbers we see the rankings of those they numbers do, but it takes a long time usually yeah but those are you it's more of the rankings we don't see like actually numbers of how much they're oh, making that's true yeah. so it's 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 something that they, they could keep private and so i mean well i'm i'm well what i'm trying to get at is i think that's a big part of the reason why you know a movie like megan or something can still perform well in theaters and it's because people don't even know that it's available to watch at home well it's just another opportunity for them to make more money than i mean uh it's it's a premium price and mm-hmm. um uh and then before it reaches into the uh, actual physical media that where they can make another uh, boost but not as much of course um but uh, it, it's it was similar. I mean, it was similar back in the day when uh, these films used to come out this, around the same time, but in hotels and airports or whatever airplanes. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they used to get filmed earlier, but now it's not even. Known, I doubt if it's even necessary anymore. Yeah, I mean, the, there was a huge market for airplanes and, and hotels, but now everyone has a laptop or everyone yeah, has a Netflix exactly. account, yeah. so they're not paying the premium price for that. You know, uh, that was exclusively available for those hotels or, or airports or air, airline you have flights. To have Wi-Fi. Yeah, so they could actually. So I'm sure. I'm sure that that that, that market is gone by. Uh, oh yeah. Destroyed by Netflix and, and streaming. Um, so, yeah, I, I see what you mean because like this, the, you know, there were, there were plenty of exclusive films that would be playing on your airplane flight. That are only are playing in theaters, but not available on you know VHS or you know Blu-ray or DVD. You know, um, yeah. So maybe I think that you make a great point. It, it seems like this premium VOD and you know the the price is pretty high. It's twenty bucks or well, know, that's that's similar to how it was. I mean, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And so so that 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 has been like taking over that market. So. Uh, and then, and again, it proves, I think there is a kind of, you could have these two streams of revenue. And I think that only helps to kind of the growth, the growth of the, the movie industry. Hmm. Uh, all right, let's, well, let's get into the rest of the top 10, Rich, uh, what movies got to round out the top 10? Number six film is plane. Number seven is house party. 
Number eight is Crunchyroll's latest uh, film for the 2023 called uh, That Time I Get Reincarnated as a Slime the Movie. Scarlet Bond. Jesus. Wow. Uh, yeah. Look down the marquee. Uh, yeah. Uh, number nine film is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Round of the top 10 is The Whale. All right. Uh, now let's look ahead. What is coming out in wide release? Nothing really wide. The only film that I could see is Infinity Pool. Also available in some theaters would be uh, Maybe I Do. And the uh, foreign film Close, which got which just got nominated for an uh, uh, international uh, film, best international film. Also, uh, in some theaters will be Fear, a new horror film, and One Fine Morning. Well, Infinity Pool, which is uh, the new film from Brandon Cronenberg, uh, who who is kind of has taken over the mantle from his father, uh, David Cronenberg. Here he has a, another one with uh, Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goff. This is probably lo looks like the only really kind of high profile film that's coming out this week, uh, at least in theaters. Uh, what's your feelings about how well this movie is going to do in theaters? Uh, it's, it's just going to be one of those films that are going to be, I don't know if it's going to touch, it's sort of like every Cronenberg film. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's going to be too pleasing for the typical horror film, horror nut, you know, I mean, who wants something simple. They don't want to think about their horrors. They want to just, you know, they basically want to go see a horror film and just see it, you know, it's like getting a pie in the face. They want to just be simple and stuff like that. This is you mean the jump more, scares. Uh, they just want yeah, jump scares yeah. and typical kind of tricks and stuff like that. This, if any pull is a typical Cronenberg where you, you know, it's going to be more of a, you know, sophisticated disgusting type of <laughs> film gonna uh, um which is gonna be uh creepy and weird i think it's gonna probably end up matching um pearl and x uh the, the other mia goth movie last year and yeah. probably gonna it's probably gonna make three million mm -hmm. opening weekend yeah. and i think a big part of that is just because of lack of marketing and i think people are just gonna a lot of people are gonna just see it because uh, uh a lot of horror fans like mia goth right now and i think maybe she, she'd be enough of a pull to bring in her current audience that she gained last year. Yes. She, she, she has uh, generated a really strong following after X and Pearl. And there's a lot of people who are pissed off because uh, she didn't get nominated for an Oscar. I, you know, I honestly thought there was a chance that she was going to, oh, like, thought, yeah, the, me too. Before, me too. Before, before I put it on, I was like, you know what? I think they're going to surprise us. Mia Goth <laughs> is going to get nominated and, I, I, I'm still kind of shocked that she didn't because <laughs> I also re I rewatched Pearl last night and like, I, I, I loved it even, I like, I liked it even more on second viewing and like, I'm kind of frustrated that she didn't, she didn't get nominated. It is what it is. <laughs> but yeah, I think I agree with Rich about infinity pool because it, you know, Brandon, Brandon Cronenberg is kind of even probably more of a head scratcher type of filmmaker than his dad. And, That's uh, saying a lot. <laughs> and I love his last movie. Possessor? Uh, yeah. Which uh, that was uh, uh, starring uh, Andrea Riceboro, who just got nominated, uh, surprisingly just got nominated for her best uh, actress performance for, uh, was it called, for Leslie or something like that? So, yeah. I, I, and I would recommend that movie because I think that was a terrific kind of horror, body horror, psychological horror film that's kind of touches on science fiction elements. 
uh infinity- or not to leslie right <laughs> yes yes professor yeah 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 and so infinity infinity pool seems like a, a continuation of those kind of elements it's uh a twilight zone type of film that's kind of you know it's more nightmare than horror i guess it's for the mandy audience yeah so most likely this week again uh avatar is going to probably take number one again and mm-hmm. and and you know keep making that money y'all <laughs> mm. uh rich let's talk about vod or streaming what's what's coming out on on streaming for this week on netflix it'll be uh you people and on amazon prime video uh shotgun wedding why aren't those going to theaters man those would probably be big, big hits i know like all these movies going to theaters right now and limited release those should be on vod <laughs> These should these would make a lot of money in theaters, I think. And it's been a while, like we don't get comedies in theaters anymore. Oh, when, that's a good point. You think it's because these are two big comedies that that they're have been relegated to streaming rather than maybe. seeing theatrical. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think a big part of the reason why that shotgun wedding's being thrown on here is because of uh that Marry Me was just kind of a mess. <laughs> but um uh <laughs> The, what's the other movie? Um, you people. You people. I don't know. I, Kanye Barris just has a Netflix deal, right? So, right. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's why that's why that's coming out there. Out of these two, which movie do you want to see, Raymond? I want to see you people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The pairing of you know Jonah Hill and and Eddie Murphy as you know potential father-in-law and son-in-law. I I think it's just a gr- a great kind of source of of comedy and i i actually love the trailer yeah i mean the movie is nothing new i mean we've seen this formula many times but many many times <laughs> yeah but i mean like what mike was saying it's that pairing yeah i, I like i like i really love the cast and i i'm hoping for the best for that that this turns out to be a really good film I, okay. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers Ka- yeah Kenya barris could be pretty <laughs> hit and miss but i think this one's gonna be good and I heard bad things about Shotgun Wedding, by the way. Yeah, oh, but, really? I, I I didn't know the reviews were out. Well, the trailer trailer looked just bad enough. I didn't see the trailer. It it has Jennifer Coolidge. She's like kind of the talk of the town right now after winning an Emmy for White Lotus. It's so I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who are going to check this out on Amazon Prime. So, all right. I guess that's it. Yeah. Do you think... Um, army hammers like watching the shotgun tra- wedding trailer like all like in, in tears like that's my paycheck and now he's and he's just like cleaning beds now or whatever what's he doing now well he's he, selling uh, real estate <laughs> i know he's I, it, it's so weird that he got i still don't understand how he got canceled <laughs> I, I don't even understand he, it i know it was some kind he, of he he gave up right no he got it was he some did. kind of controversy about his cheating on his wife but then also graphic she revealed that graphic yeah. yeah graphic uh text messages text? Yeah. fantasies about cannibalism <laughs> so stupid <laughs> and then after that it's like you know and once the, i think you cheating on his wife i think people could give that a pass but then eventually yeah i, I think so i, I mean I, it's, I, it's but, one of those things that give it a year or two and then like right, he could come back right the the whole kind of cannibal stuff which i still don't understand what the hell was going on it was a fetish, but I don't think he was actually eating people. <laughs> <laughs> but th- that coming out really screwed him over. And I think, uh, I don't know when, if, if he could ever come back, but certainly not this year. <laughs> Cause he was in a lot of well, big, he, he was in a lot of big things. Like the, he was going to be in the shotgun wedding, but now Josh Demel took over, but he was also going to be in the, the offer, which came out l- last year. The, the Godfather. Was he Miles Teller? 
going to be Miles Teller? Or? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And so he was going to play that uh, Godfather producer in the making of a uh, miniseries that Rich actually likes a lot. Um, uh, Dan Fogler's the best part? He was good. Oh, okay. No, he, Rich, Rich liked it a lot. I, when I saw the first episode, I thought it just kind of looked too, too TV of the two TV movie of the week. Uh, but I did like, uh, who was the guy who played, um, oh shit. What's his name? Um, the, what, the producer, guy, Robert, ne- Robin Evans. Robert. Who was the guy's name? Matthew. Goodwin Goodman. Matthew good. Matthew good. He had, he was fucking awesome. Like, oh, you people seen terrible reviews. Yeah. The guy, it, it, people, it was mixed. It, there's some people who didn't really like it, but well, he was, I mean, I'm, it's one of those great. things that's expected. Cause it's, um, cause it's something we've seen many times before. Right. Yeah. yeah. But Matthew good as Robert Evans was fantastic. Even that, even that one episode I saw. Um, All right. The Oscars, we're doing the Oscars next. Yeah. But, uh, um, All right, let's just do it. All right, welcome back to Inside Flicks. We're going to be doing something different here. We're going to be taking a, a look at the Oscar nominations. We're going to give our kind of opinions on uh, of who we think should win or what movie should win uh, and, and really kind of give our kind of uh, thoughts on, 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 on the categories themselves. Uh, so let's just start it off because this is going to probably take a while. Uh, so Rich, kick, kick it off with the first category. Well, let's start it off with something small. Uh, documentary, documentary feature film. Go for it. Nominees are All That Breeze, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Navaldine. Okay, Navaldine. well, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen any of these, so I have no opinion. Yeah, the only thing I heard about is Fire of Love. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I only, I only heard of Fire of Love, and I heard that's very good. It, I think it was a Sundance film that came out last year and really was kind of a crowd pleaser. It's readily available because I think it's on Hulu and Disney+. Plus. So, and I think because of that, I think it's going to win because I think that makes sense. Yeah. And also, you know, because it's probably one of the most higher profile uh, documentaries on that list. So my vote is for fire of love. Okay. Let's get to the next one. Uh, let's go with animated feature film. Nominees are uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Marcel the shell with shoes on, Puss in Boots, the last wish, the sea beast and turning red. You know, it's pretty stacked, but I think one thing for certain it's not going to be Disney this year. Mm, yes. It's yeah. not going to be Disney this year. Um, I think it's going to probably be um, Pinocchio or Puss in Boots. And I mean, they're the two most recent movies. They're two of them. They're not just like the two best reviewed animated movies of the year. They're just two of the best reviewed movies of the year, period. But when they made the announcement, the, the video they, they put out with like Riz Ahmed and uh, uh, was it Allison Williams? Um, it seemed like the crowd really was cheering for Puss in Boots. Interesting. And that's still in theaters, so Yeah, doing well. I, I think I think it should be Pinocchio. My my heart goes with Pinocchio. Uh Puss in Boots. I think it's gonna be Puss in Boots. I, I really wish Apollo thirteen and a half was nominated in this film. Yeah, it's me too. Oh, I yeah. forgot about that. But Richard yeah, Richard Linklater. It's funny because we talk about how, you know, availability, you know, and but also just just awareness of a movie. And I don't think a lot of people even knew, knew. That Richard Linklater, that Richard Linklater had a movie last year, and I it think was, you're right because I mean I only knew about that movie because you told me about it, and like I was like I, I had that same reaction. Richard Linklater has a new film. What? 
and it, and it, yeah, and he hasn't he hasn't promoted it. He hasn't talked right, about it. Right, and, and you know it's it's uh, it's unfortunate because I think it was a, one of the, my favorite movies of last year of 2022, Apollo 10 and a half a, a space age childhood, which is kind of like uh, it's animated, but it's it's done in that way where it's a like roller scoped, and uh, because it's roller scoped, I think maybe that didn't help it its chances. But then you can no, I think people just forgot Marcel. about it. It could be. You could it say could the be same that. thing with Marcel the Shell. I mean, That's there's true. live action people in that mm-hmm. one. So. so I think part of the problem also is Netflix didn't promote it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't push no, it. Marcel, yeah, yeah. Marcel uh, you know, came out in theaters. It, while it wasn't a massive hit, it stuck around in the box office like for, for a long time. So I think um, it was just more it was just more in people's heads. Plus it's an A24 movie. Mm-hmm. But regardless, it's uh, it's Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which is another Netflix film. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro is, um, is beloved by everyone, and it, it shows. Um, and this film is just another masterpiece. Do, do you I mean, think it's so. it's it's the one to beat in this this category? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I agree. It's, it's, it's a I hope I hope Pinocchio wins. It's one of my favorites of the year, but. I, I people really love Puss in Boots, and I haven't seen the movie yet, so I have no really judgment of it. It's just like I'm going on people's. Although hype, I, I really didn't love Pinocchio, um, I I wasn't um I can't uh, deny that it's the create the creativity behind making it. And also, this so, is one of the best stop motion, you know, visually stop I mean. motion films I've seen. Right. And all, and also comparing it to the uh, Robert Zemeckis remake. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, and it has like one of the saddest openings of a movie and one of the saddest endings right. of a movie ever. <laughs> I, I yeah, I really respect this movie a lot. Uh, so yeah, that would be my pick, and that'll be you guys your your guys' pick too. Uh, although we won't, I won't be a uh, uh, shocked if Puss and Boots takes this one. Uh, so let's get to the next category: original score. <clears throat> the nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin, Everything Everywhere All at Once. And the Fablemans. This is a tough one, I think. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm going Fablemans. I'm going Fablemans too. I, 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 yeah, I think really? it's Fablemans for me. I think because it's, it's the j- only one that's memorable for me of all of these. It's the only one I remember. Well, John, and also John Williams. You know, there's just there's some talk about he's going to retire or he's going to retire soon. Uh, and did he also recently say that he's never going to retire? <laughs> yeah, but I think he he did commit commit to the idea that this is his last film with Steven Spielberg. So, mm. uh, so he's definitely on, you know, if he doesn't retire now, he's going to retire in a couple of years. So I think because of that sentiment, uh, everyone's going to vote for the Fablemans. I think the Fablemans is going to be a big winner this year. Mm. Yeah. I think Fablemans, I think, I think Fablemans is also going to do pretty well uh, in the Oscars, but I think, um, another movie that was nominated for best score is also going to do very well. I think all quiet in the Western front is going to win a lot of Oscars, but we'll talk about that soon. Yeah, so let's get to the next category, Rich. Visual effects. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar of the Way of Water, The Batman, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Top Gun Maverick. What was this for? Visual effects. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Avatar. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the, yeah. probably the one category that Avatar is going to take home. Oh, Avatar of the Way of Water. No, 100%. Okay. Well, yeah, let's get to the next category. Cinematography. Nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front. Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. I'm going Bardo. <laughs> oh, interesting. This is such a weird category because none of the people I, I know, right? None of the films that I thought was going to get nominated. I thought for sure uh, Top Gun Maverick was going to get nominated. Yeah. I really yeah, love the cinematographer, uh, cinematography in that, that film. 
Uh, I think Batman could have could have got a nominated uh, nomination. Also, really quick, I I love Elvis, but like the cinematography for that movie, like does that count as cinematography? Because a lot of it seemed like it was like almost like digital trickery in a way. I think. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you're on the right track. I mean, Bardo. I mean, I think that that that, that movie, the whole movie, is is mostly uh, cinematography. About the cinematography, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that take home. I, I'm going to just go with Roger Deakins again. Uh, I think a lot of people love his mm. love Emperor him. Of Light? Emperor of Light is going to take this one just because I, I really thought that uh, Top Gun Maverick would have been nominated and probably would have won if it was nominated. I'm just I'm I'm not picking Empire of Light specifically because, and this is just my perspective. I don't think there's enough awareness from the movie because mm-hmm. like it's it's kind of like how we were talking earlier in the animated category where uh, Richard Linklater is like Richard Linklater had a new movie this year. Mm-hmm. For me, it was like Sam, Sam, Sam Mendes, right? Right, right? He had a new movie? He had a new movie this year? Mm-hmm. Like that, it's, I'm still shocked by it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I think there's, I'm sure there's a lot of Academy voters that would be shocked as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich, wh- wh- who, who are you picking? I'm also going with All Quiet on the Western Front again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I was just uh, really impressed by this film. And uh, it's got that um, Thin Red Line feel to me. It's, it's a much dirtier film uh, than Thin Red Line. But I liked it so much that I would, I would give it to them but i i agree with you uh top gun maverick um was also um snubbed. you know snubbed and you know maybe even nope yeah nope was really yeah. yeah yeah i'm surprised that nope um didn't get uh, a little more love because like jordan peele has really been like promoting that movie these past couple of weeks it's true uh i guess they just didn't necessarily got it and I, 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 Nope is still like one of my favorite movies of the year. I mean, it's one of those movies where it's very kind of divisive. Mm-hmm. Either love it or hate it. Mike hates it. <laughs> I, do, I don't hate it. I, I think it's a, <laughs> a, a sketched and a kind of painting. I think it has some really great uh, ideas that's not fully fleshed out, but it's a, I don't know. It's, 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 I need, I should watch it again because it, it might grow on me. It will. <laughs> all, right, all right. All right. Let's get to the next category. Film editing. The nominees are Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, you know what? I, I, everything every, Everywhere All at Once is such a complex film where it has to kind of jump in, in you know, multiple dimensions, basically. And so all that is editing. But me rewatching Top Gun Maverick a month ago made me really appreciate the preciseness of that film and how well they kind of waited to cut to our reaction and cut to Tom in a, in a, in a cockpit, you know? And it's, so it's secretly kind of um, like secretly a terrific kind of editing job. I, I would give it to Top Gun Maverick because of that. I think it's a, a terrifically edited. I absolutely agree with you. Um, I, I'm going to give it to Top Gun Maverick as well. I, um, everything, everywhere, all at once. Sure. There was a hell of a lot of editing in that film. But um, I think it, the the movie itself could have been edited down some. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I think those two those two those two films are probably the front runners for this yeah. this category. Do you think uh, like Elvis? You, uh, you think Elvis yeah, might? I think El- Elvis might actually yeah. be in one there too. Elvis has a shot, definitely. Yeah. But Top Gun Maverick, um, from what we heard, you know, there was like eight hours worth of uh, you know, mm, you know, yeah. flight. Uh, Oh yeah, that's, that's right. A good point. That's yeah. right. So, so, they did. So they, they did, did waste Paramount. Yeah. They did waste a lot of Paramount's money. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there being an article about that. Yeah. So that there was a lot of editing in that thing, and the what, the end the end product was fantastic. Yeah. Next category. 
All right, let's get down to the nitty and the gritty. Let's, let's go with the screenplays. Writing of adapted screenplay. Nominees, All Quiet on the Western Front. Glass Onion and Eyes Out Mystery. Living. Top Gun Maverick. And Women Talking. Okay, I think it's going to be um, Women Talking, just because uh, I think people re- the people in the Academy really love um, uh, uh, what's her Sarah, name? Sarah Polly. Sarah, Sarah Polly. Uh-huh. Yeah, people love her. And uh, like they're all her friends and stuff like that, so I think they're gonna uh, they're gonna want her to win. And the the other the other one I have like my backup is All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, just because. Well, I haven't seen the the movie yet, but I mean, uh, I mean, I seen I seen the original, and I and if it if it kind of captures that, but in a more gritty way, then uh, then then I could then I could then I can see you know that winning. Uh, for me, I would say I, I think my pick would be Top Gun Maverick. And because I think what? it's a, I think it's a great written screenplay, even though it's a, kind of a bare bones kind of screenplay. But I don't think it's going to win, though. I think it's going, and I don't like this movie. I don't like this <laughs> franchise. But I think Ryan Johnson has won enough kind of accolades, no. and I think he's going to win his first. Is his first Oscar? But it's got to be his first Oscar, right? No, the movie shouldn't even be nominated. I know, I know, but I think I think a lot of people. I think he has he loved it. <laughs> I did. I didn't like that movie. It's a, it's an okay movie for me. It's no it's an okay franchise like the Knives Out franchise. I, I think I think the first one was way better. I think the first one was a lot better, and I didn't really love that movie. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but I think somehow people think he is clever. I don't think he's clever, but I think a lot of people ha- he has convinced his movies are clever, and I think people are falling for it. And I think that's why. I mean, we can't deny that well, the, I, these I, movies I, I are do popular. Think Ryan- I do think Ryan Johnson's movies are clever, but I just don't, I think the, I think his writing is, isn't as clever as he thinks it is, yeah. but I think the actual story is, is clever enough. Yeah. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think I, he should work with a screenwriter. Yeah. I think yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't think he should be nominated. I think he's going to, I think he's going to win. I think it's, I, I, I think this is it. And I, I just, this is, and I, like I said, I'm not a fan, but I think he's going to take this one. Rich, what, what, what's your thoughts? Well, I haven't seen women talking and I haven't seen living. So I'll probably have to go with, well, I don't think Top Gun Maverick should have been nominated at all. Really? I think, I think, look, I'll give you my pitch. The way they set up, okay, so you got like a big hole there, right? With Val Kilmer. What are you going to do with Val Kilmer? And the fact that he is unable. As little as possible. And that's what they did. Well, I mean, but the fact that he's unable to talk. Right. And I know that he talks somewhat in the movie, but that was like kind of reconstructed as CGI or right. whatever, mm-hmm. AI kind of voice. But, it, and also it's just a couple of lines, but the way they introduced the character through, through text mm-hmm. and they made it's, it's, ex- it's, ex- it's exactly what Kevin Smith did in Jane Solid Bob <laughs> reboot with, with Val Kilmer's cameo. He just texted it the whole movie. Right. <laughs> so, they, so this, these screenwriters, no, I don't, I don't... <laughs> these screenwriters copied the best. Copy Kevin Smith. No, no. But the, the, the way they were able to introduce the character that, you know, because I think one of the great kind of emotional moments in that movie is the, 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 the reunion of, of Maverick and Iceman. And it, it doesn't come off as cheesy as you would think. It's actually very poignant and uh, emotional. And the reason it works because they introduced him as a text guy. <laughs> he was this, he's, he's this, because his whole, you know, it's funny because the character of Iceman kind of lives you know, uh, in the film as this kind of shadow. And so when he is texting, texting, um, Maverick, 
And so when he gets to to see him face to face and they still have to kind of communicate through text, through the computer screen, it doesn't feel awkward at all because this is how we've been introduced to the character. And so I think that's, that's part of the screenplay. And maybe that has something to do with the directing too, but I think. Yeah, I think I credit more to director. <laughs> okay, well, maybe maybe that's it. But I, I think the, the screenplay and the, and the way that it's, it's written. And look, I, I'm not, I wasn't a fan. For the, the first time I watched that film, I was really shocked mm-hmm. at how well it was making in the, in the box office. Like, I, don't, I didn't get it. It was only until I saw it later in, in, uh, on uh, Paramount Plus where I go, oh, okay, now I can see why this is such a phenomenon. That being said, I think it's going to be Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion, yeah. <laughs> which is a, a more of a, trage- a tragedy and a travesty than anything else. I don't know. To me, to me, uh, 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 Knives Out and Top Gun winning would both be tragedies <laughs> for screenplay. Well, with the three movies I, I have seen, I'll, I would give it to All Quiet on the Western Front. All right. That's why. All right. And I think a lot of Oscar voters are going to be like Rich. They're, they're just going to vote All Quiet for like almost everything. Uh, but uh, that's, and that's I, why I think I, it's going to win a lot of trophies. But it's true. I wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Johnson. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sarah Polly picks up uh, the trophy for this one. All right, we're, we're, let's yeah. get to the next category, Rich. Writing original screenplay. Nominees are fancy within a Sheeran. Everything, everywhere, all at once. The Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. For me, everything, everywhere, all at once. But I think it might be Tar. I. This is a very, very tough category. Um. I think everywhere, everything everywhere at once has a good good shot. I think Tar is up there, just I, because it's uh, it, it is a well written film. I did not like that movie at all, but I think I can't deny that Todd Field m- written in a way that felt like it, it was a real genuine person. You know, everyone says it feels like a biopic. Do you think you might like it more on second viewing? Because I keep reading that it's like a movie that you should watch twice or whatever. No, I I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. <laughs> I'm not going back. Uh, I, it's too soon. It's all right. Uh, but I think what's going to win is Martin McDonough for Banshees of Inner Sharon. I think that is a really original screenplay. I think it's, and it works. I think in a lot of ways it works better than tar. I think it speaks to a lot of it. Uh, the same thing about, you know, um, oh, legacy and not, uh, you know, do you, do you be, do you have to be nice to have a legacy and all that stuff? I think it's it, it it it's a much more entertaining film that touches on the same kind of subject that Tar does, uh, and uh, I think it's just a better better film and a, a more original screenplay than any anything else. Personally, I love Triangle of Sadness. I think that was a great screenplay, but I think no, it's I, I, I think Banshee's of Inna Sharon is going to win this one. Rich, I believe um, it's going to be Martin Mac, Martin McDonald also for Banshees. I think Banshees is probably the, the best film of the year. Oh really? Um, and um, I think Martin McDonald is finally going to pick up an uh, an Oscar. Well, did he get one for three billboards? No, I mean he, he won an Oscar, but for a short film. Mm. He didn't. He didn't win anything for three billboards. No, he has not won an Oscar yet. I, I thought three billboards is, won something. This is his year. It was best actress. It was for um. Oh, Francis Dorm. Francis Dorm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. That changes a lot. But no, I, I'm still. I'm still going. I'm still going. Everything, everywhere, all at once. And I, and I think, and I think the, um, if it's not that one, I still think it's going to be tar. Yeah. It's a tough, this is a tough category. Yeah. I would say, yeah. I think the Daniels have got a really good shot too. All right. Let's get into, are we, are we now into acting categories? Directing. Oh, directing. Let's get to the directing. Nominees are Banshee's Vinishirin, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, 
Triangle of Sadness. I think it's going to be everything everywhere all at once. I think, again, I think this is going to be a big night for the Fablemans. And I think Spielberg is going to get this one. I think, yeah, but Spielberg already gave a great speech at the Golden Globes. He wasted his great speech. I think, he, he, he cried and everything. He wasted it. Well, I, I'm sure he could come up with something for the Fablemans, uh, for, for the Oscars. Nah. But I think, I, think, I think he is going to pick up this award. I don't think he deserves it. I don't think it's his, I don't think it's his best work. I like the Fablemans a lot, but I, I still don't think it's his best film. Um, oh, but come on. It's at the very least like the best movie he's done in like a decade. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, but that counts for something. Because I, 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 I do think that Daniels did a better job or, or deserves this award more. But I think Spielberg. they're my choice. <laughs> but I think Spielberg is, is going to win. It's just by sentimental value and sentimental reasons uh, he's going to pick this one up. Rich, what are your thoughts? I'm sticking with uh, Martin McDonough. Wow. I'm sticking with Banshees. Wow. Sweep, mm-hmm. you're thinking. Well, you know what? I think I think um, Martin McDonough probably has a better chance at director than um, writing. Even though I I like the screenplay more than the direction. Not that the direction's bad. I just I think that some of the nominees for me deserve it a little more. Okay. All right. Let's get to the next category: uh, international feature film. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina in 1985, Close, E O or Yo, I don't know, <laughs> The Quiet Girl. Boy, it's just r- r- weird because I only saw All Quiet on the Western Front, and that's all I need to. That's it. <laughs> Lock. I think yeah, I think it has the momentum. I think it's most likely going to pick up this award. But I mean, Argentina, nineteen eighty-five, won the Golden Globe. That's actually that's 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 what I'm thinking. I think it's going to be Argentina, nineteen eighty-five. But uh, but I also um because Argentina, nineteen eighty-five, I would say is kind of like a similar kind of um topic than uh, No the movie that came out like a decade mm, ago mm, mm. uh she laid she laid she lays uh oscar contender mm. uh way back when but that i mean that didn't get that didn't win and i think there there might be a situation here where like there's like the more important movie that deserves to win that just kind of no one even pays attention to it because they don't care about latino <laughs> <laughs> well i think a close gets a lot of buzz because i think it was a Cannes favorite uh a belgium film EO, I heard a lot about. This is the donkey movie, which I, I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't know what it's about, uh, but I know a donkey is, is involved, and don- <laughs> you know, donkey. There's a donkey. Oh, in- clerks too. I <laughs> know, but there's a donkey in uh, in uh, Banshees, and I think it's the year of the donkey. So maybe it, it'll pick up an award. But I think because of the momentum, I think All Quiet on the Western Front has uh, has uh, has the. It more would favorite. make sense. Yeah, it, has- it would make sense, but I, I think. Um- it also kind of, I think all quiet, well, we, we'll get there soon, but I think it has a chance of getting best picture. Oh, okay. Now, Mike, let me ask you, because I know Raymond didn't see it. RRR, what do you think if, uh, its chances would have been if it wasn't been nominated? That's crazy that it didn't get nominated. I don't think India, right? India didn't pick it, didn't select it. And um, the thing is- Really? Yeah. The, yeah. the thing is, R&R, RR&R, in its, in its heart, is an action film. And it's a crazy action film. <laughs> yeah. And I still don't think that is, you know, uh, acceptable for these kind of awards. You know, yes, it could. So it's a Marvel film. Yeah. Marvel. Wakanda forever. Yeah. Is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and, it, and it's such a kind of, I mean, we're talking about a film that at one point, a guy yeah. loses his ability to walk. And then the other guy. They did, they did the same thing in everything every roll along. <laughs> But another guy kind of lifts him up through his. Uh, <laughs> That's what they did. Uh, Rata, 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 Rata. Right, sure. Uh, but I, uh, 
that that was done for comic effect and <laughs> in, in rr it's done for like genuine like emotional effect like this is camaraderie kind of thing <laughs> where i was cracking up and having a great time yeah. watching it saying yeah. this is unbelievable but uh yeah that, that these two men could actually <clears throat> work as one kind of <laughs> ultimate <laughs> of a killing machine is just a fantastic sequence like uh yeah but I, I think ultimately it's still considered a action film and i i don't think that is acceptable for these kind of uh upper tight uh oscar membership uh, or members you know so i mean i like i said when i was talking to you about rrr my feelings about it it really kind of reminds me of the first time i watched a john woo movie and you know john woo mm. movies are not necessarily oscar contenders you know they're kind of these great <laughs> action films that are you kidding me? Mission Impossible 2? <laughs> <laughs> but they're like these great action films that kind of rewrites our kind of idea of what action is. And I, that's why I love RR so much. But um, yeah. I don't think it had a, had a, a shot, e even if it was nominated in internationally or, or Best Picture or whatever. But uh, it's lucky that it got like nominated for a song. And I think it, it deserves to win if it does win. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of surprised it didn't get a bit more because it's, you know, on so many, you know, top five list yeah yeah well here's hoping it picks up mtv movie movie awards <laughs> all right uh let's count uh let's do the actors let's do this miss actress in a supporting role the nominees are angela bassett for black panther wakanda forever ang chow for the whale carrie condon for the banshee zuna sheeran jamie lee curtis for everything everywhere all at once and stephanie sue for everything everywhere all at once for me easily hong chow it's the only one that is deserving, in my opinion. I know everyone wants Angela Bassett, and it is a good performance from her. I just, I, I wasn't, I guess, that impressed. Yeah, I wasn't, imp like, I'm, uh, I'm not a big, a big Wakanda Forever fan. I think it's a lot worse, or a lot, it's not as, as good as the first Black Panther film. And I, tonally. Uh, I str I'm straight up think the movie's offensive. <laughs> and, and tonally, it doesn't work. Because, like, I was saying, when we talked about that movie, is that, you know, one scene they're making cracking jokes in a Marvel way, and then they cut to Angela Angela Bassett like acting her ass off in a Shakespearean way, and so I understand the nomination, but uh, in the film it it took me out of it. You know, like it was just hard to kind of keep the tones right in the movie. Uh, I think this is really if she does well, also. I just don't. Also, the the entire scene feels very out of character. Yeah, um, I mean, she's, you know, what happens to the character, and, and I won't give anything away, but she has said, or I have read that she didn't like what happened to her character in the film, and she argued with Ray, uh, Ryan Coogler in, hope, in the hopes of changing it, and I, you know, I wish they had had changed it, because I think that they could have really expanded that character a little bit more for future projects, but um, uh, I... I Again, I think this if she does win, it's because of more of a legacy or because of her, yeah, her body of work than this than this particular performance. For me, I think same thing with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, and that's that's true, but I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis has a shot. I think for her getting the nomination was the big win. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I I haven't seen the whale yet, but for me, I think uh uh just from these nominations, Carrie Cundant, I think, deserves the the award here. I think she was very, very good. Yeah, I agree. Uh uh I'll, Kara Gundon was fantastic in Banshees, of course, but I wouldn't be surprised if Hong Chao picks it up too, because um, she also, you know, um, from what I understand, the whale was great, but I, I also saw the menu, and she was, you know, impressive as hell in the menu. 
uh, although I didn't really like them. It's a very different. It's a very different performance. It's, it's a night and day performance, I would think. Well, just from the clips alone, mm-hmm. I, I I think she yeah. put in a, a really emotional effort in that character. And Angela Bassett. I mean, I thought <laughs> watching the first trailer, I thought I was going to give it to her then. <laughs> but then watching the film, I thought it was horribly edited right. for her, her scene, and um, it, which ruined it for me. But I think and, I uh, think she has a good shot, and I think yeah. equally Jamie Lee Curtis has a good shot. And so, really, and I think, yes, mm. and because just for the same reason, I think Stephanie Sue has be, be, better shot than Jamie Lee. Wow, me too. Well, I think for for the I same, think so too. but I think for the same reasons that uh, I could see either of these women winning because of their body of work, and they're giving uh, this award as kind of a you know a lifetime. Well, Hong Chao is the only Hong Chao is the only one I think deserves it for the actual performance. Yeah. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm still waiting. I, I want to check out the whale, and yeah. And I, I, I liked her. I liked her in the menu. So, and she, it seems like she gave a really great year. She had a, a great year and to really showcase her talents because they're, they're, they seems to be two diametrically opposing kind of characters and in both of those movies. But yeah, okay. Uh, Hong Chow, Angela Bassett. Or Angela Bassett. Let's get to the next category. Best actor in a supporting role. The nominees are Brendan Gleason for Banshee Zuna Sharon, Brian Tyree Henry. Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablements, Barry Keoghan for Banshees of Nishiran, Kei Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I mean, do we even have to say? I don't know. What's your, what's your, it's a fe- lock. What's your feelings? Uh, Kei Kwan. I mean, it's a lock, uh, right? I mean, I don't know. So, I don't know if it's a lock. I, I hope so. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's a lock. I mean, for me, the only other performance that I, I, that I really enjoyed was probably Barry Keegan and um, um and Banshees, mm-hmm. but I still think I, I Ki Hyu Kwan uh, I like that performance more, and also like I've been loving all his speeches. I want to see him win. Yes, I agree. Uh, although, although I love Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan in the in, in Sheeran's Ki Hyu Kwan, it, it, he's the um, he's the face of the Oscars this weekend. I mean this this uh, this year. Yeah, he's like um. You remember when the. <laughs> When uh, Roberto Benigni like yeah. won Best Actor and like it's like this big celebration and it's like that that's like Ki Hu Kwan you know him winning is gonna be a big celebration. Well, I mean Ki Hu Kwan has probably one of the great comeback stories of all times, even probably more better than say Jonathan or John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. But I would say the same thing about Robert Forrester. I mean, he didn't pick yeah, up also. yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean there, there's a, a number of like great comeback stories. And even uh, I guess Brendan uh, Fraser is a great comeback story too, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think he, Hugh Kwan, his his story is just just a terrifically moving story about how he hasn't starred in a movie or hasn't acted in a mo- anything for over like twenty years or so. Yeah, it's very similar to Jackie Earl Haley's uh, comeback. Uh, um, you know, back a couple years ago, uh, it's, it's little Little Women. Right, he got yeah, nominated, yeah. and he hasn't. He he was uh, at that time, kind of retired from the business as well, mm-hmm. and then and he and got this part, and he was able to kind of come back to the and come back strong. I mean, I think right after his nomination, he was able to get Watchmen, mm-hmm. and then you know now he's like constantly working. I you know like Kehu Kwan, I think uh, um, it, it, you know he is the kind of the one uh, example of why diversity matters. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, cause you know, his story is like, he, uh, he watched 
crazy rich alien or <laughs> crazy rich <laughs> agents and uh, uh, was inspired by that and, and inspired him to go back and try it again for one more time. And he gets an agent and the first script that he gets was this, this script. And like, you know, I don't want to come off as like, this is a charity case. I think he's actually deserves this nomination or, and also deserves the trophy because I think what he is required to do for the, mm-hmm. this party, he needs to be Jackie Chan. He needs to be Tony Yoon. He needs to be, a, you know, a, a, the suave leading man. Also the, the, the immigrant uh, uh, father, father who looking to divorce his, his wife. He needs, he needs to be an action star. You know, he needs to be, I mean, there, there's so much things that are required in this part because of the multiverse stuff. And to do it in, after 40 years of not doing it or whatever, how many years, is, you know, to do it with ease. Because, you know, when I heard that he's in, he was in the movie, I go, oh, short round. Okay. Okay, so this is kind of some uh, kind of gimmick. He's going to be there for like maybe a couple of seconds and that's it, you know. But to see that he's actually the second lead, really. I mean, he's starring opposite Michelle Yeoh. And he is just as equally uh, important in the, part, in the movie than Michelle Yeoh is. And so, and to stand against her and really kind of like play uh, well uh, off of her, it's just, it really was a moving and uh, shocking performance that I didn't know she, I didn't know he had it in him. That short round not only grew up, but also grew up to be this great of an actor. I mean, it was just, it's just one of my favorite performances of of last year. But that being said, I think he's going to win. I think this is, this is a tough category. I mean, I think Judd Hirsch was fantastic Mm -hmm. in that. Kind of that one scene yeah. in, in the movie. No, what, what, what's your thoughts, Rich? I, I, oh, um, no, I, I, I'm with everybody else. Kehi Kwan, he, he, um, uh, he's a, the odds-on favorite, and he is definitely the favorite, the favorite of the Oscars. I mean, hmm. uh, it's if he doesn't walk away with the gold, uh, yeah, like you guys said, they'll write. <laughs> All right, next, uh, next category. Actress in a leading role. The nominees are. Kate Blanchett for Tar, Anna DeArmas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I mean, I think a lot of people are saying Kate Blanchett for Tar, and but uh, yeah, that, that's the I think that's the favorite. But I I think we're gonna I think we're gonna have a shocker. I think we're gonna have some angry people. I think we're gonna have another year where there's a there's an Oscar winner and a Razzie winner at the same time. <laughs> Things would be out of their arms for blonde. What? Because <laughs> it has been a long time. It's been a long time since we've had a Razzie winner and an Oscar winner the same year. And I think this could be it. Well, I mean, I think Michelle Williams should have got that Razzie award. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that. She per- was good in the movie. I was not a fan of that performance. I think I think the character is fine. I think the character, you know, what she was trying to portray. Because I, I I know that you know I seen. Spielberg's mother before in documentaries, so I know what type of mm-hmm. thing she was trying to get at. I, I don't think she uh, was successful at at being that kind of um, yeah, artsy, you know. I guess you know artsy, yeah. uh, a Peter Pan free type spirit. of character, a free spirit. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, I, I was I'm a I was a big fan of Anna de Armas's performance in Blonde. I think Blonde is a problematic film. I think a lot of people deservedly thinks the movie is terrible. Uh, but I, I think Anna Armas really acted her ass off of that film, worked her, worked hard for that performance, and I think she, I think she deserved this nomination. She deserve, she deserves to come home with an Oscar and a Razzie. Yes, yes. 
Uh, but everyone's talking about Kate Blanchett, and I think everyone's talking about Michelle Yeoh, and I think it's up to uh, these are the two front runners. And out of those, I really want Michelle Yeoh to win. In all, in all seriousness, I want Michelle Yeoh to win, mm-hmm. but I would be pretty happy if if uh, Anna de Armas won, and specifically because I I think she's going to win a Razzie, and <laughs> undeservedly, I, undeservedly she's going to win a Razzie because that's just how the Razzies are. Yeah. They always uh, they pick the most high profile actress, and it's, it's going to be her. And um, if she could win a best a best actress trophy, that'd be amazing. The same because um, I don't think this has happened since um, oh, what was that actress like back in the eighties that started that movie with uh, Stacey Keach? It was like a, a an erotic film, and it was she won best actress, and she won uh, uh, a Razzie uh, uh, also. Pia Sidora. Yes, mm-hmm. I think that was the last one, right? Or has there been another one, she, another Razzie and Oscar winner the same? I year? didn't. I didn't realize she won an Oscar. Or was she just nominated? Or was she just nominated for it? <laughs> the great Pia Zadora. <laughs> for the movie Butterfly, is that what it is? I haven't seen Pia Zadora since Naked Gun. <laughs> Gold, I think it says Golden Globes. So it's not an Oscar. Oh, it's Golden Globe. That's a damn shame. <laughs> so Honor the Armas is a legend right now. Mm-hmm. She's 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 doing history. This is history in the making. She has mm-hmm. to win. She has to win. No, I, I, but I think the, the Razzie's a lock for her, though, right? I guess. I mean, I think I, the thing is, you know, what she is required to do in that movie, she does it quite well. And what she is required to do is cry in every scene, <laughs> like, and like feel very, like, uh, look, look very depressed and, 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 and look miserable. Tortured. Yeah. Look miserable. And, and she is supposed to do some really horrific things in, in the film. I mean, you know, or subject herself it's to a, some it's, horrific it's things. The, it's almost like the equivalent of uh, Jim Caviezel in uh, The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> I guess so. She has to pay her penance. I, 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 think it, I think she does it well, and I think she does it in a way, because she's not necessarily playing, you know, Marilyn Monroe. She's playing this kind of image of Marilyn Monroe. Monroe. It's, not a trip, it's not a typical biopic at all. It's more kind of a nightmare image of, of Marilyn. And I think she does a good job at it. Uh, so I'm actually very happy that she got nominated. Uh, although I, I was actually shocked that, uh, uh, the, the woman from, um, Till did not get nominated. Um, yeah, I was surprised about that, but I mean, that's a movie that, I mean, went completely under the radar. I mean, they did a really bad job at, um, kind of marketing and releasing that movie. No, it should Dan- have been a Daniel, much bigger success. Daniel Deadweiler did go all everywhere. I mean, to promote herself mm. for that film and it's, it's. It was. Yeah, but shot. I mean, I, I guess, unfortunately, you know, every time her interview came up, you know, people went to go chip, get chip. Or something like <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I, I think it's just, uh, you know what it is? I think the movie is such a hard subject to, to watch that I think people just skipped the movie. I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's it. I think, I think on, people, the blonde I, was a lot didn't get around blonde. to it. Blonde was much harder to watch. That's true. But I think because it was available on Netflix for, for since, since September. And so they had a lot of months to even like watch a couple of scenes. And there was a lot of like buzz and talk around that right. movie when it first came out. And we're, we're, Till, we're talking about that movie for like months. Yeah. We're, we're till kind of really fizzled out of the, no one ever talked about it. And it fizzled in the box office pretty, pretty fast. Although I think it's a, it's a, it's an okay movie. It's, it's not that it's not the greatest film, but I think it's a strong drama it's a tough it's a tough subject matter and mm-hmm. i think the, the the standout is uh danielle deadweiler and you know this is probably a star making performance for her and uh, you know i i would have liked to see her get nominated nominated for this but i don't know rich which who you think is going to win this in this in this category michelle yo i hope she wins she deserves it this is her film 
everything everywhere all at once other than Kei Kwan, this is it those those two pairs deserve to bring home uh bringing home the gold would be great yeah i i i, I want michelle yo to win but um I mean, again my backup is anna de armas but I, I think people are gonna vote kate blanchett i think people really love that movie people really love her performance i haven't seen the film yet but um it just seems like that to me that that's the favorite i feel like people like that movie more than um or people like her performance more than michelle yo's and um yeah, I th- I think it's I think it's gonna be Kate Blanchett, but you know I would love it to be Michelle Yeoh, and if it isn't Kate Blanchett next year, she does have Eli Roth's uh, Borderlands. This year. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get to the next category: Best Actor in a Leading Role. Nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, and Bill Nighy for Living. For me, it's The Whale. Yeah, I think it's kind of obvious that Brandon Fraser's the the front runner. You know, he's been like a front runner for the longest time. But at the same time, I think there there could be an upset. I think there's a big chance Austin Butler could win. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think he's not. He, I don't think you could write write him off just yet. Um, especially that he is still acting like Elvis right now as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> he can't he can't uh, shake the character. Uh, so that's that's commitment. I mean, I. I, I but uh, uh, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think I think I think everyone likes Brandon. Brandon has been like kind of just kind of like uh, like KQ Kwan. His story, his comeback story, is just uh, infectious, and you want to see it through. You want to see him come back fully. And so I think that that's why he is kind of the front runner. And I haven't seen the whale yet. I heard great things about his performance. This is a really tough one for me because I, I really liked uh, Colin Farrell. I really wish he would bring home a gold this year, but I really he should wish have been nominated for yeah, Batman. Supporting role, yeah, for mm-hmm. Batman. Um, because he had one hell of a year. This, Batman, and the, the other one not after. The Amazon movie. Yeah. 13, 13, 13 Lives. lives. One hell of a year for Colin Farrell, and uh, it sucks that he, um, <laughs> but I think it's Brendan Fraser. Um, it, he's got the momentum. Uh, Austin Butler does have a momentum too, but he's young. He's young. Brendan Fraser's not young. <laughs> Colin Farrell's not young, but yeah. So speaking of not young, Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Bill Nye as a, as a dark horse, and because everyone is I talking, I've seen about, Living, but I, I, me either. And but everyone's talking about how this is kind of like his tour de force, and it's it's like a remake of a uh, Kur- Kurosawa uh, existential drama. Um, I forgot what it's called, but, um, but it's a very much uh, a man looking back at his life and it's, you know, it's like kind of, you know, that's the, the, the it's a type of movie that Academy Academy members like to, to vote on. So I, yes. I you know, don't count them out. I think Bill Nighy can really sneak in and win here. Yeah, it's possible, but I don't see it mm-hmm. personally. I just don't see it happening, but it, I, I see where you're coming from, but I see that more, everything you just said, I see it more for Kate Blanchett. Oh yeah, yeah, true. I'm really surprised that Colin Farrell has this is his first nomination. Mm. Really? Yeah. Ever? Ever. Didn't he get nominated wow. for Daredevil? No. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get uh, nominated for the remake of uh, Total Recall. <laughs> How, what's your thoughts on Tom Cruise not getting nominated? Uh, yeah, he didn't really deserve it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought if he had a chance of getting nominated, it would have been more like to bring in viewers. Mm. So yeah, but he is nominated as a. Uh, producer 
Yes. That, that's good enough. I, I, I would say this, and then, and not to be like the biggest Top Gun Maverick f- fanboy, because I'm not. But I, I did a, a game, a, a respect to what he was doing in that movie. And uh, surprisingly, he like he, he 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 is secretly good in that movie because he doesn't really talk that much. And uh, I think his performance comes out from his reactions in those in those scenes, especially like for instance when he gets kicked out of the bar for the first time in Jennifer Connelly's bar, and then <laughs> and Miles Teller is kind of playing the the piano, and he's kind of doing the the you know the Great Balls of Fire song. Oh yeah, 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 and then Tom Cruise is like in the back of the restaurant or in the back of the bar, looking in, and he's not saying a word. But I thought it was very effective in the way that he was commu- he was able to communicate that uh, he misses his friend. I think that's good acting. I, uh, is it enough for a nomination? Probably not. But I think uh, I wouldn't be you know if he did got nominated, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been that that um, mad about it. You know, I think he you know could have got nominated. Uh, he had he had a decent shot. That's for sure. All right, let's get into the final category. Best Picture. Let's do this. Best Picture. Uh, nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle Sadness, and Women Talking. Ten okay. movies. I know, that makes it very tough. Um, there's a lot of movies here that I could see winning. Um, I could see Top Gun Maverick winning. I can see uh, everything, everywhere, all at once winning. Uh, I can see. Uh, I, I can even see Avatar winning. Honestly, <laughs> I'll, I think it's easier to say the ones I don't see winning, and that's Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, I think I agree. I think because the movie didn't do well in the box office, I think it only picked up a couple of awards. Um, it's also the worst reviewed of all of them. By the way, Triangle of Sadness is probably my favorite from this group. I love that movie. I think it's one of my favorite movies of the year or last year. I think it's my least. I think it's my least favorite from the group. Well, how dare you? How dare you? I like the movie. I just thought it was overrated. I mean, the first hour sucks. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, this is how I see it. Like, they're, and the ending was underwhelming, and the and the and the overall premise isn't even that original. The the there are three different types of tones in the like. There's one story about the influencers. Then you got the cruise, and then you got kind of the island. So there's kind of like three kind of different stories, but one story. Chapters, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I know what you mean. Like the, fir- yeah, the first kind of thirty it. minutes I, is slow. Mike, I like half of it. two chapters. <laughs> Mike, it's called a triangle. That's true. It's, it's a triangle sentence. Yes, I, I agree that I think triangle sentence probably doesn't have a great, great shot. I don't think women's talking has that great shot either. I agree. I agree. Uh. I don't think Elvis is going to win this award for best. Picture. I think it has a small chance just because Oscar voters seem to really love it. It seems to be like, Oh, like one of the favorites, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I still think that top gun and avatar have a better chance than um, Elvis. Yeah, I agree. And I think my, and then I think my pick, my, my favorite of the nominees, everything everywhere all at once also has a decent chance. Yeah. 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 Everything everywhere all at once and Banshees and the Fablemans. Or maybe the top. Oh, Fablemans also shit. I think they're the top three for best picture. No, but Top Gun and Avatar also. Yeah, I, I can see. I don't know about Avatar. I think Top Gun more, more so. You think Top Gun more than Avatar? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's tough because I see Top Gun picking up uh, some small trophies, and then like Avatar maybe getting best picture. 
I don't know. But then again, Avatar 2 is so much worse than the first Avatar. And the first Avatar didn't get Best Picture. And that was nominated against nothing. That had like no competition at all. Like It was like the blind side and up. Rich, what's your thoughts? Well, I'm thinking uh, um, if it's the traditional Academy members, I think it'll be Banshee's Vinishirin. And if it's the, uh, the, new, the new class, I think it'll be Everything Everywhere All at Once. It'll, that's basically the, the coda. And it could either, uh, could either be a Top Gun Maverick, too. And that's like a mixture of both. But I, look, I'm gonna, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say the Fableman's going to take this one, I think, uh, again, for sentimental reasons. I think Fableman's going to pick up. I think Spielberg's going to pick up the best director. And I think he's going to pick up for best picture. Not I think not. he's going to get, I think he's going to get one trophy. Mm. Which one do you think he has the better chance of getting? Uh, probably director. Oh, I think he has a better chance of best picture than director. Oh, okay. I think the Daniels have a better chance at, at best director. And I think Spielberg has a better chance at best picture. Interesting. There's and I think, and look, and, and Banshees is like one of my favorite movies of the year. I love the movie, but. I think this is another year where Martin McDonough's going to walk home with no trophies. So, Top Gun Maverick, how how much of a shot does it have? Pretty good, I think. So, I mean, it, it saved the movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a thrill to be nominated. All right, so uh, Rich, final your final uh, pick. What what what, what is, what's going to win? Banshees. Banshees. I uh, say the Fablemans. And I'm going um, either Everything Everywhere or um, Top Gun. I guess. Okay. All right, so that was our thoughts on the Oscar nominations. And the Academy Awards will be on Sunday, March 12, 2023. All right, thank you for listening to Inside Flicks. We'll be back very soon with more topics to talk about in the world of movies and television. All right, bye-bye, and be safe.